0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Because I've Lost Control of My Life, the podcast that is hungry and want to eat. I am one of your co-hosts, Matthew, (laughs) and laughing in the background is my, 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 my
1: co-host,
0: Adam. How is it going, sir?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm good, I'm good. It's it's the 4th of July down here where I'm at. (laughs) Same. (laughs) I don't know about you guys.
0: Yeah, it's... uh... There's fireworks going off in the background. You, this is the dedication we have that we haven't altered our recording schedule. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, sir?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I forgot to mention last time I was kind of like just in a days after working like another full week. You asked me how I w- had been in between recording things. And I forgot to mention that like my sister came down who I haven't seen in two years. And <laughs> we like hung out and did a bunch of fun stuff.
0: She's a big fan of the podcast, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, except for the commentary episodes. <laughs> or at least the first one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the second one we just released and uh ju- actually just came out today. Uh oh who am I kidding? We aren't on our recording schedule. I have no fucking conception of time anymore. I'm unemployed at the moment until <laughs> August fifteenth. <15th. laughs> Everything is just is is just it is.
1: <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah, I'm trying to. As much as you can. Yeah. I know you got other shit you gotta deal with, but Yeah. We do what we gotta. It's season two.
0: Yeah, by the way, it's season two. We gave up on our our, uh, our doing only commentaries until I'm moved. <laughs> because we got so annoyed and thought it was boring.
1: <laughs> so, here we go. Yeah, if you listen to our last one, uh, I don't th- I think we talk about what's actually happening, like, only a handful of times.
0: <laughs> I mean... I had just watched it like right before we uh, we did the recording, just to kind of keep it fresh in my memory, and I didn't remember what was happening from then. <laughs> just not fun.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> the, it's the new episode. They're not as fun as the old stuff.
0: Yeah, and we're old men who don't like change.
1: Yeah, we like to watch the stuff we watched when we were five
0: <laughs> <laughs> up up through our through thirty five. <laughs>
1: Yeah, anything before we turn. Well, I'm not 35 yet, but anything before we turn 34, then. Adam here bragging about how he's younger than I am.
0: Jackass. Season two <laughs> is where Adam turns <laughs> into <laughs> jerkass Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I always been jerkass Adam? <laughs> Only when you chew gum, sir. Well, no, then you're smug. I'm not chewing it now. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. But let me tell you something about this guy. You want to see somebody that looks smug? Get Adam to chew gum. You'll want to punch him in the mouth. (laughs) But yeah, it's uh, after after watching the reboot episode for our last episode, this was uh, definitely a breath of fresh air. Not I don't think either of these segments are some of the better ones, but good stuff overall.
1: Yeah, I agree. Jump right first in, baby! <laughs> first one is Toy Palace. Uh this one's written by Peter Gaffney, who did Monster in the Garage and Reptar's Revenge in the first season. Stu and Chaz have brought Tommy and Chucky to the Toy Store. On a whim, Tommy decides to abandon his family and live in the toy store with Chucky. Stu and Chaz's intense relationship prevents them from noticing the babies are missing until they're separated. Can they go back and rescue the babies before they get smashed by a giant purple gorilla?
0: You know, as I was rewatching this, obviously the entire first 14 episodes of this show uh, are just us like filleting the first season and how good it is verbally filleting, I think that this episode, it almost feels to me like it could be a season one episode, like one of the middle ground episodes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Except for the whole like time machine. (laughs) That's kind of that's like a season two thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, which uh, that's actually one of my favorite parts of this episode, though. So that's <laughs> some of the elements season two that are batshit crazy that are introduced that I am 100% for.
1: Yeah, I, th- this is where the show starts going off the rails a little bit. <laughs> and it, like in a good way. Yeah, and, and it's it's like you said, this is probably
0: where most people recognize episodes from is season two and three, even though one is definitely the best.
1: I I agree. If you if you ask people their favorite episodes, which I've tried to do and everybody said a different thing. um, (laughs) uh, So I may keep trying and keep a spreadsheet. But if you ask them like nine out of ten times, it's going to be later than season one.
0: Have you had any kind of consensus while doing that or is it just completely different every time?
1: Everybody said something different so far. Mm. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to include even what we said yeah, and probably ask again a few times. And if I get any kind, of, if I get like one that's like, I don't know, three to five yeah. <laughs> votes for it. then we'll say I'll that's say that's the consensus. <laughs> yeah, that's consensus among our 10 listeners.
0: <laughs> it's more than <laughs> just Heather now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it,
1: Heather and less than a dozen more people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you know, it's we've talked about this before. It's uh, this is us talking about the episodes. So and now let's talk about our numbers. Uh, (laughs) they kind of jump up and down. And I wonder if that's because people just want to hear about what their favorite episode is, or I don't know. I'd be really interested. I wish we could talk more with people that listen to us.
1: Yeah. And we have gotten some feedback and it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. We definitely like it. It's cool. It's a cool thing to talk to the two nerds who talk about Rugrats. (laughs) Trust (laughs)
0: us. (laughs) Oh, nerds. So anyway, the the episode begins uh, and we see Chaz and Stu with Tommy and Chucky going into the Toy Palace, which is a literal palace design of a building. And this is a really cool toy store. Even as adult, it, as adult, even as an adult, if this place was real, I think I would like to go inside and just give it a look.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're a lot like Stu and he yeah. <laughs> wants to go back the next weekend, yeah. even if Chaz <laughs> won't go with him. <laughs> I mean,
0: when you got to spread mulch,
1: you got to spread if some if you'd rather spread some mulch.
0: <laughs> I was going to spread some mulch.
1: If you, uh, if they pan through some of the characters, and, and, uh, there are some returning character, background yes. characters from other episodes. You got the bat boy from the baseball episode. You got, like, <laughs> the crybaby from an episode coming later on, like, uh, Big House Tommy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they've got that weird kid from, uh, dude, but he's not white anymore.
0: Yeah, he's like black now but he still has braces and he has that kind of like shaved sides haircut with like the three lines. But same character design. Yeah, he doesn't look as weird. But then again, no one looks as weird with the animation in season two. All Most of the yeah. total weirdness is gone after season one as far as design, but... So the first toy that they come across is Abogadro the Alligator, which is powered by, I believe they say, Cold Fusion. <laughs> <laughs> or Nuclear Fusion. <laughs> that sounds a little dangerous.
1: I don't know, Stu. I don't think this Albreglobalo
0: thing's such a good idea. That's the line of the episode, by the way. Is, I don't know Stu or I don't know Tommy. And I think they, they really paint a nice parallel in this. You don't get any lines from Tommy or Chucky until Stu and Chaz leave. But the way that Stu and Chaz interact with each other is just a grown-up version of the way Tommy
1: and Chucky interact with each other. And I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so uh, Tommy and Chucky both find a couple dolls that look like them. Uh, (laughs) Tommy's is a human. Chucky's is a weird little monkey boy.
0: (laughs) Well, you had a doll. Actually, I had
1: a monkey. And so uh, they decide to (laughs) uh, keep browsing the toy store, even though there's only five minutes left. They're those people. Because Stu is too excited. They go to look at the time machine, the working time machine for children. That uh, it's 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 almost like a, a red herring. Like <laughs> they leave the kids in the toy store with a time machine, but it doesn't really come into play. I mean, it kind of does, but
0: there's a, a great little joke at least. But it's 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 one of those things like they say yeah. in a screenplay: if you show a loaded gun in the first act, it had better be used by the third act. And that time machine is the loaded gun
1: of the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 It, it's not quite as destructive as it could have been.
0: No, although <laughs> although I, I must say, can you imagine what the timeline like? How how would that have actually altered the timeline? We're just jumping around, but whatever,
1: it's fine. We're just happy to be talking well, about season two because they sent the gorilla back in time. <laughs> That's why season two and onward is different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's why this episode feels like it'd be season one, but the rest don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They Uh. altered the timeline. The writers didn't like writing dumb baby episodes anymore. (laughs)
0: Man, we got to get Paul Germain on this show to talk to him about dumb baby episodes.
1: Until he gets annoyed with them because <laughs> they, the Raiders all got sick of rating dumb baby They're episodes. They're like, oh,
0: God, one of these people again. Or two of these people again.
1: I don't think there are any uh, other people <laughs> <laughs> in that regard. So uh, Chaz and Stu, uh, they push the <laughs> strollers with their little toys in them. Yeah, And they've got like these weird, like, I don't know if these things actually really exist but the strollers turn into car seats like the wheels like retract into themselves and they just put them in the back seats
0: i mean if they were a real thing that'd be handy
1: i don't think they exist but maybe they do
0: if they were you they would almost certainly have to be something that's like ultra designer and expensive oh but by the way something i overlooked is that the abogadra the alligator was the latest designer toy from italy as well
1: Or, or as Stu said it, Italy.
0: Italy, yes, yes, yes. The latest designer toy from Italy. Uh. So yeah, they go home and we have a great shot of Stu going into the house and he's talking to Tommy about how what a great day it was and there's a beat of music, a beat of silence, and then we get a famous Jack Riley scream. Not the scream, a scream. So he's done it more than once. Yes. <laughs> But anyway, we cut back to the Toy Palace and Tommy and Chucky are going down the aisles and they're like, Wow, this is great. It's this amazing mecca of childhood. Wow. This is really
1: neat. And it's all ours. Yeah, they go into the world of miniatures where they've have they reference the grizzlies again. And then Yeah, yeah, with Bucky his...
0: Majors in, as a miniature.
1: And they find uh miniature cowboys and injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys and injuries. This season also is where
0: the babies mispronouncing things comes more to the forefront. Obviously there's an entire episode in season one about this and they did it occasionally, but like here yeah. it's where it begins in not to an obnoxious degree, like later seasons.
1: And or the reboot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's forgivable in that first season episode because babies would know nothing about courts whatsoever, yeah, exactly. I mean it's forgivable all throughout, but definitely extra forgivable,
0: so did you spot any cool stuff on the uh toy shelves or funny stuff
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I i saw uh <laughs> like uh what was it called? a little doll that was called something like My Pal. My Pal, like, yes.
0: I took a screenshot like a week- of that. I meant to send it to you. It's so weird looking. It
1: look, looks like a weird stoner.
0: Puppet. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like Larry and Steve's brother, or their other friend. <laughs> Maybe it's a discarded design for Larry and Steve. It's their dad. <laughs> their loser dad.
1: <laughs>
0: He's such a loser, they made him into an international toy.
1: The neighborhood kids break into his house to steal his weed. <laughs>
0: Now, with my pal doll, you can come steal his weed in your own bedroom. <laughs> one of, like, one of, like, the, the uh, uh, accessories you can buy is, like, a toy bag of weed.
1: It, he, he comes with a, a weed-growing starter set. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, now you could probably do that. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. recreational in some states. But no, so, one of the uh, things that I noticed was, like, a Dalek from Doctor Who... There's like uh the little spaceships from the original War of the Worlds those are the two that really stand out to me i I know there's other really cool looking weird Rugrass designs, but
1: yeah, my favorite was the weird stoner puppet um so uh the little Indian uh characters the injuries. A, <laughs> yeah they shoot up a teddy bear Chucky, look out. <laughs> and they do this little doctor uh bit where Tommy goes and but brings back a play doctor kit and he's like Scruffle spoochers, Grandpa <laughs> <laughs> And they're all the wrong things
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I like that Chucky sort of does the voice of the arrows being pulled out for, for the <laughs> teddy bear ah! So they get him all bandaged up and it's off to explore some more. And the next big, uh, s- uh the, the big set piece of the episode at this point is the train.
1: They ride the toy store train. Yeah, I'm just seeing my pal again now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a, a stoner Dr. Seuss character. Oh
0: <laughs> uh, man, I think there was a loss, a, a lost opportunity for uh, Dr. Seuss to write stoner tales, but, uh... uh <laughs> You hear that, Dr. Seuss? You got to come back from the dead and write stoner stuff. Uh, (laughs)
1: His his children's book, My Pal, with him, like, passed out on the couch.
0: (laughs) And Larry and Steve take his weed.
1: A bong laying next to him (laughs) spilled out on the
0: floor. (laughs) Is this the most weed episodes we've ever had in an episode? (laughs) (laughs) The most weed talk? Weed talk, yes. Of an episode of our show, I should say. But anyway, they get onto the train, and there's a cut here that I like, and there's a similar cut in the in the second segment. They get onto the train, and Tommy's like, "Wow, this is great," and Chucky looks miserable. We cut back to Stu running to uh, Chaz's car, like, and they find out, and, <laughs> and then we cut back to the toy palace, and the kids are just screaming as the train <laughs> is going
1: through,
0: <laughs> th- <laughs> like in terror. <laughs> Obviously, there were good screaming moments in season one, but is season two where that trope really, really begins, where just like a scream is like a catalyst for the beginning of a scene or the end of an episode? Or
1: I probably is. I, I I did rewatch all the way through it, but uh, my memory's not refreshed at the moment. Yeah.
0: Anyway, it's a if wherever the trope begins, I fucking love it because it's yeah. hysterical. <laughs> how does the how does the bear end up falling off of the train?
1: It's just uh, the momentum of the train knocks it out.
0: Okay. So, yeah, and then Chucky goes to grab it, and
1: he goes flipping off the back. Tommy puts on the brakes, flies off the train, accidentally turns on Thorg. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to eat babies (laughs) in particular.
0: (laughs) And Chucky ends up in a clown room, which is just his. And the music in the background is great. The sinister clown music.
1: I don't know, Mr. Bear. I don't really like it in here. Tommy? Tommy? I'm just imagining, like, the advertisement for Thorg. Like, he really talks. He'll chase your children around the house.
0: (laughs) Also, your pets. (laughs) Also, folks, if you hear explosions in the background, that's because fireworks are going off currently on the 4th of July.
1: <laughs> There's not a war. There's not a war. <laughs> <laughs> not here, anyway.
0: Yeah, not, not in our own backyards. So Tommy catches up with Chucky, and he he has a great line where he says, But it's not so easy living in the toy place. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Thorg appears and begins his rampage. Ah!
1: Do you think they're more scared of Thorg than they they are of Stu chasing them around while sleepwalking?
0: I was just thinking about that. It, it's maybe Stu takes the cake just because it's in their own house. And it's
1: the, Tommy's own dad.
0: And it's his dad. <laughs> <laughs> now they actually have a robot chasing after them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Stu and Chaz uh, run to the mall or to the toy palace. They knock on the security door. They get let in, and uh, Chaz begins to show him, like, a wallet picture of Chucky, (laughs) which he's screaming in.
0: This is Chucky. He's just two, but he's very advanced for his age. Look, he colors inside the lines. (laughs) And this is Michael Bell talking to Michael Bell, because the security (laughs) guard is Michael Bell. But (laughs) Gotta shout out our our main man right there. (laughs) The security guard says there's no way they can penetrate the net. Now look, fellas. Gone six thousand is a total security net. Those security cameras are
1: movement sensitive. In other words, if anything moves inside that store, I know about
0: it. And he shows off the brochure at Stew's face. he's
1: yeah, like, he Ooh. to see this brochure. Yeah. <laughs> and Jess is like, "No, we gotta find our kids. <laughs> We're about to be mauled by a giant gorilla robot." I mean, the gorilla's already destroying the train set. Everything. <laughs> It's just like, it will be, The Thorg will break your furniture. <laughs> <laughs> it's already destroyed the train toy town. Urgh! Thorg hungry. Thorg want beef. <laughs> Alter history. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Thorg from the history books, right?
0: <laughs> when Washington was crossing the Delaware and they shot up a robot gorilla <laughs> to save America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Americans secretly deployed Thor against the, troops. <laughs> the time travel that's, weapon. That's the only reason they won the revolution. Oh <laughs> nobody, man, nobody wants you to know this. <laughs> no, this is the real
0: secret of Rugrats. This is the only way it's ever been spoken. Unlike that, that article awesome. by William Ford, this is the real secret. Nickelodeon doesn't want you to know. <laughs> also, fuck Billiam Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if someday this podcast just becomes a series of self-referential lines so that only if you've been listening through the be- listening since the beginning will you know what we're talking
1: about? I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure or not if that would be great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it might be amusing for an episode. Yeah. But true. But anyway, Tommy and Chucky end up in the dinosaur land and they beg Reptar for help. Reptar! And eventually pounding on them with their fists, they press the on button. And for some
1: reason, uh Reptar sounds Oh, I, I, I am Reptar! Yeah, now I'm imagining the commercial for Reptar as the only thing that will stop Thorg from destroying your house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if these are like from rival toy companies? <laughs> and like
1: <laughs> You you know that gorilla Thorg. He'll destroy your China. precious precious wedding gifts this
0: is like the giant kaiju robot toy version of genesis does what nintendo don't you wonder what we're talking about it's an old commercial that uh in the early 90s when sega sega was really pushing hard to get the genesis uh as a major competitor to nintendo they basically made fun of nintendo for being a kiddie system um And I have to say, Genesis has some good games, but um, Nintendo is definitely the winner of that generation as far as quality. In my opinion, I didn't even have a Super Nintendo. I got an Atari Jaguar like a loser because I wanted Alien versus Predator so bad that I (laughs) skipped an entire good system for a bad one for one game. (laughs) Was it a good game? It it was a good game. And Tempest 2000 is a very good game, but uh, it was a mistake. Super Nintendo is the better choice.
1: Yeah, you would have gotten a lot of stuff with Super Nintendo.
0: And I liked RPGs, too. And that's like one of the best systems ever for RPGs. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. But anyway, so uh, Reptar ends up pushing Thorg into the time machine. And it sends it back to <laughs> Washington <laughs> crossing the Delaware. And as we've referenced several times, Thor wants it! <laughs> and all of the founding fathers crossing the Delaware look mortified. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a giant talking robot gorilla that's appeared from nowhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. So good. It's so so strange, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fur it. I am furret. And you can be fur it or you can be again it. And I'm fur it. <laughs> also, is this the first episode where Chucky says we're doomed? We're doomed.
1: I think so. Chucky really, uh, they really pushed him to be the stick in the mud even more than before. Like, he's like yes. a. Not only is he not for doing fun things, he's over it. He's over <laughs> all the other times yes. he's had to do things. Chaz
0: and Stu and the security guard eventually see that the babies are in the store and they go running. And we get a happy ending as they get the, they pick up the kids and, oh, we missed you. And then Reptar comes up and still says, halt, I am Reptar. Yeah, you think he, like, walks right into the security guard or something. (laughs) It would be funny if the security guard hugged Reptar because it doesn't have (laughs) a (laughs) kid.
1: I was just gonna, I was gonna say that the security guard became their best friend. (laughs) He looks so happy when they find the kids. Yeah. But whenever they're knocking on the door, he's getting ready to beat them. He pulls his club. (laughs) (laughs) He looks ready to splatter some skulls.
0: But yeah, good episode. Good episode. Uh, I think it's a solid start to season two and kind of a kind of a nice transition from season one style episodes into season two. Look at the
1: difference between how we talked about this episode and how we talked about that reboot episode when we recorded it. You mean we were laughing and actually having fun? And talking about the episode. um, You know, and I consider these two episodes to be on the weaker side of season two.
0: Okay, so you and I obviously have a uh, a part, unfortunately, in spreading the Rugrats theory. And we regret this, even though it's provided some funny segments and led to Rug wraiths, So I guess I can't hate it completely. But I mentioned on the last episode that, or some, some recent episode, that I've been re-watching Beavis and Butthead. And out of nowhere on YouTube, a random video was recommended to me. Random weird theories about Beavis and Butthead. And one was about Cornholio being an uh, alien entity that takes over Beavis when fueled with sugar. Oh, I am Cornholio. I need tippy for my bunghole. Would you like
1: you can take me, but you cannot take my bone hole. I am the great Cornholio.
0: Hey, give me some butt munch.
1: No way! Well, you're welcome, you damn ungrateful
0: bastard. I am Cornholio! I need tipi for my bunghole. Is this Nicaragua? (laughs) You cannot (laughs) escape. Take or treat, son of a bitch! Give me your tipi! Okay, okay. Are you threatening me? What did you say, punk? Do not underestimate the power of the almighty bunghole. You cannot run from your own bunghole. I am Cornholio. I am the great Cornholio. The almighty bunghole. And I actually love that. Obviously, that's not the intention with the show, but I love Cornholio so much that that just makes it so fucking funny for me. (laughs) Just one of those weird little random theories. I can't remember any of the other ones, but that 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 one made me laugh. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) (laughs) It's just an alien entity that takes over Beavis.
1: It's a lot more fun than the uh, Ragrats theory. uh...
0: Yeah, the Edgelord dark shit. So you mentioned that uh, you you watched a movie, and you would like to tell me about its uh, weirdness, I guess.
1: Okay, so a little bit of background. I was uh, being babysit by my Aunt Linda, like, at some point back when I was a child, and I saw a weird movie on TV about a a child that (laughs) climbs up into an abandoned building, gets scared, falls out, and then all of his hair falls out, (laughs) about... Ten years ago, I found out what that movie was by Googling, and a lot of people have had that that same experience as me of watching this weird movie on TV and then trying to find out what it was. I finally got around to watching it now. The movie is called The Peanut Butter Solution. The Peanut Butter Solution? <laughs> the Peanut Butter Solution. <laughs> okay. And I've written a summary. Um, oh, good we lord. Watched it. it is an insane movie. The weird, maybe one of the weirdest, maybe the weirdest movie I've seen. I don't know. That might be exaggerating, but um, here goes. (laughs) A weird kid named Michael gives a few dollars to a homeless man who later that night burns to death in an abandoned building when his friend Connie wants to go check it out. By the way, Connie's a boy, just so you know. Not Connie, from Doug. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Michael climbs up the chute to the second floor of that building and about two seconds later falls out onto, uh, onto the chute he climbed up and slides into the rubble below. His hair is standing up straight, and later that night it all falls out. He doesn't want to go to school because he's self-conscious about beating, being bald. But later, in a dream, the ghosts of the homeless guy and his homeless lady friend give him a recipe to grow his hair black. Two of the, the ingredients include five dead flies and peanut butter, Michael follows the instructions, but adds extra peanut butter because he thinks it's too runny. He spreads it all over his head, and when he explains it to his friend Connie, uh, he jokes that he wants to use it to grow pubes. What? (laughs) (laughs) The next morning, Michael has some stubble, then each subsequent time he is in the shot, his hair has grown slightly longer. It continues growing, so much so that his friend Connie has to cut it during class, This begins to drive his teachers nuts, and eventually Michael and Connie are sent to the principal's office. The principal tells Michael that all of the teachers are threatening to quit if he shows up in class again. (laughs) She then then tells Connie that he has his own problems as she points to the long hair growing out through his pant (laughs) legs. Later that night, uh, Connie yells at his pubes to stop growing, and they listen. (laughs) I said stop. Stop going right now. Stop! (laughs) But his voice becomes deeper for the remainder of the scene. What the hell? is? (laughs) What the fuck is this movie? The next morning, Michael is distraught because he wants to go to school but is not allowed. He ends up hiding under somebody's porch where his former art teacher finds him. The next scene starts with a newspaper that spins up declaring that Michael is missing and then followed by another one that says 10 additional children are missing. <laughs> when Michael's sister asks Connie about it, he says that it's now 20 children, including his little sister. Connie and Michael's sister go looking for him and end up taking a detour to buy Michael's dad, played by Michael Hogan, a.k.a. Uh, Saltai in Battlestar Galactica. They end up going to buy him new paintbrushes at an art supply store. The clerk offers them an expensive paintbrush with, a st- with strange bristles. His sister says, I know this hair. I've cut this hair. <laughs> Next, we see that the art teacher has Michael laying in a bed as he feeds him yogurt. <laughs> his long hair is float- like coming out of a hole in the back of the bed. The dairy is supposed to keep him sleepy. <laughs> Later on, uh, Connie stows away in the art teacher's truck only to be captured when they arrive at his hideout. The kidnapped children are all locked in a sweatshop where they have to make paintbrushes out of Michael's hair. What? What? <laughs> One of the kids says that the only way to escape is through the magical paintings that their teacher has been painting with the uh, (laughs) hairbrushes, but, but they won't work because he's only painting imaginary places. They have to get him to paint a real place. Connie pretends he wants the art teacher to, or he will he pretends he wants to be the art teacher's son, which tricks him into being nice. Then he asked him to paint the burnt out building where Michael got the fright. (laughs) The teacher climbs into the painting and up the chute the same way Michael did, gets scared and falls out. They save Michael, who says his hair has stopped growing because somebody else got the fright. The art teacher walks in and is now bald. The end.
0: What? <laughs> and I, I don't even
1: make connections between these sentences. <laughs> <laughs> what? It is, is such a strange movie. I Obviously, I left a lot of stuff out. But... Yeah, but but is is it like a kids movie a teenage it, uh, movie it's like a kids movie um it's this weird 80s movie uh only in the a, 80s a french canadian movie uh i think it was originally in english though but you know it was made by like i don't know french canadian production company yeah, yeah. or something it's a li- it's from a series of movies that uh, <laughs> was still going well into the 2000s not not like uh they're not sequels but like it's like tales for all, or something like that. Uh, okay, I was gonna say. Yeah, it, it is very. Uh, I forget I believe For Celine Dion does all the music for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what year did this come
1: out again? It was like probably around 1986. Yeah. Like the, year we were born.
0: the 80s were such a bizarre time for movies. Like the so many classics of like, especially science fiction movies and action movies, and then and horror. But then just weird shit like this that, I <laughs> can you see it, something like this getting greenlit? I mean, I guess there are weird indie movies now, but, like, I don't know. Like, does it look like it had a decent budget, or?
1: It's it's edited very weirdly. Um, acting is kind of, for the most part, off, but it seems like it <laughs> had a decent budget. Yeah, decent effects just, and that kind of thing, or? Yeah, I mean, the hair effects were decent. It was definitely strange to see, like, pubes growing out of Connie's pant legs. (laughs) (laughs) There's, like, a shot of him walking down the street, and he's got, like, long, like, horse hair, horse tails coming out of his (laughs) jeans. You know, you
0: just reminded me. I was at the grocery store the other day, and there was a very hairy man who had a lot of hair coming out the back of his shirt. <laughs> this is the closest thing that I can compare maybe to he at the moment. his
1: body with peanut butter and dead flies.
0: <laughs> he was in on the peanut butter solution. It turns out that kid grew up to be this guy.
1: <laughs> it was just one of those movies where, like, five we we had just tried watching uh, Ernest's first movie, uh, Doctor Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam, and. I knew if I kept watching that, I was going to fall asleep. <laughs> so we we uh, turned that off and switched to, the, to this one. They were both my choice. And I'm like, oh, God, I picked another dud, <laughs> which is what I felt for like 10 minutes until it just kept ramping up the weirdness. <laughs> like, what the hell? And now you'll never sleep again. <laughs> <I'm> like, <yeah.
0: laughs> Hey, you know, it's funny I say that now you'll never sleep again. And suddenly the grand finale is going off outside for the 4th of July. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the world is going to explode. <laughs> it not, has nothing to do with my mental well-being. <laughs> it's the universe, fabric of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> because now people
0: know the name of this fucking weird movie.
1: Oh, God.
0: So I guess the most important question is,
1: would you recommend seeing this movie? It's an experience, like, it's it's a little disjointed, but yes, yes, I mean, (laughs) go go out and watch this thing. It's so odd. I don't remember, nothing about that sounds familiar to me, but I
0: know there are times where I've seen movies and, like, I was like, oh my god, I had definitely seen this, like, when I was a kid.
1: This was one that was just randomly on tv i don't know who the hell got the right to this thing or decided to <laughs> <air> it. <laughs> they probably cut out the pube stuff if it was on basic tv yeah so does it
0: feel you said it feels like a kid's thing and i say that it, uh, it's definitely
1: a kid's movie but then there's it, pubes
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean again the 80s they didn't treat kids as maybe i guess maybe maybe the tone is maybe in my head more like the goonies
1: or something like that i mean i mean yeah i was get like, only my, more weird my, my gut reaction is yes but a little bit less edgy even though yeah. it has the weird pube stuff in it okay i see so you heard
0: and- it here folks the peanut butter solution recommended by adam <laughs> So the second segment we watched for tonight, the uh, for season two, episode one of Rugrats is Sand Ho.
1: Yeah, this one was also written by Peter Gaffney. He did a double feature this week. Welcome to Imagination. <laughs> the babies pretend they are pirates in the in their backyard as Andrelica tries to steal their box of unidentifiable junk. <laughs> that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that that's it. And I I mentioned that the first episode felt like it could have been a season one episode. And this is the very first imagination episode, which is from season two and three. And maybe after like that is the main style of Rugrats episodes. Yeah, there are exceptions, but
1: yeah, this one starts out with like a like it looks like a red curtain. So it kind of makes you feel like a treehouse of horrors is about to start. (laughs) But I I think it turns out that it's actually a pirate pop-up book.
0: I I have here in my notes that I love any time that Grandpa tells stories. Like, it's just, like, such a a wholesome, essential part of this show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anytime all of the babies get put in his care, it's too much for him, and he falls asleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I... I, Not to go back to the awful show of the reboot, but it is involving hippie Grandpa, so that I can talk about. I think that there are some vocal qualities that are similar between hippie grandpa and actual grandpa. Actual grandpa obviously is a lot more gruff and like old man, but there there's something about it that for some reason sounds similar to me. I may be losing my mind and it's, it's entirely possible, but it, it, I don't know.
1: It's probably just me. Hippie grandpa is actually grumpy grandpa's son. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the hippie generation. Yeah. (laughs) He got rich.
0: (laughs) <laughs> so yeah we begin the episode with grandpa reading a, from a pirate pop-up book to tommy dd Dee Dee brings all the other kids over to uh partake in this storytelling and when she asks uh lou to watch the kids uh while she does
1: laundry he says i'm comely wench oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've got comely wench written down in my notes <laughs> <laughs> as
0: do i sir grandpa saying comely wench that's uh grandpa's classic
1: oh yeah and uh both grandpa and tommy are sporting uh different outfits
0: yes yes so it's not just season one where it's like a constant change
1: grandpa's even wearing shorts you can see his hairy hairy
0: legs his old man hairy legs (laughs) so anyway he continues reading the story and of course because it's grandpa he eventually just falls asleep in his uh lawn chair and eventually eventually Yeah, (laughs) almost immediately (laughs) falls asleep in his lawn chair. And (laughs) the other kids are looking at the pirate book.
1: Why's that man got a diaper on his hand? Because he's a pirate. And it's not a diaper. It's a banana. (laughs) Wow, Tommy knows how to tie a
0: banana. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know if I know how to tie a banana. So they determine that if they follow the pirate map in this pop-up book, they can find a treasure. And
1: of course, X always marks the spot. As we later find out they go out of their way for nothing, but <laughs> but anyway, uh Tommy starts like talking it up and how great it is to be a pirate and uh it's one of those scenes where they like to humble Tommy <laughs> when he's uh being too uh, brave, so he immediately <laughs> falls face first into the sand.
0: <laughs> if you want your share of the booties, then follow me, middies.
1: Which doubles as a joke of pirate stubble when he yes. back up.
0: And I do like Chucky's moment of uh, being against this when he says, I don't know, Tommy.
1: I mean, look at these guys. This one's only got one leg. This one's only got one eye. This pirate's got a hook for a hand. And this,
0: of course, immediately convinces Phil and Lil that this is something that they want to do. Let's do it.
1: Let's be pirate. Yeah. (laughs) Lost limbs count me in. (laughs) And I. It's bringing to mind the sailor in Rocco. Wooden legs. Wooden arms. Wooden
0: eyes do. Wasn't that something that, that I'm going to go way back here and go to the days of Live Journal? I remember your Live Journal, one of your interests was Wooden Eyes. And I <laughs> seem to have a vague recollection of someone con- contacting you and saying, Are you into a band? or something like that.
1: <laughs> I remember the Wooden Eyes now that you mentioned it. But, uh...
0: <laughs> so if there's a band out there called Wooden Eyes or something involving Wooden Eyes, let us know. Or we'll Google it, but let us know because we're lazy.
1: (laughs) We won't remember. We won't
0: remember. So yeah, the babies end up turning their little red wagon into their pirate ship.
1: (laughs) Except somebody has to go out into the ocean and (laughs) drag it along.
0: (laughs) Chucky. And then Dee, Dee, from her vantage point of doing dishes, thinks that they're, uh, they're pioneers in a covered wagon. It's just adorable. Babies Uh, don't know what pioneers are. (laughs) (laughs) There's a great moment when they get to, quote unquote, the island as they're, as Tommy's looking between the map and everything around and comparing it. And there's like, Skull Rock, which is his Halloween pale Blackbeard's cave. Which I think is just, like, in a bucket or something, and- Mount Baldi! Which is Grandpa Sound
1: Asleep. (laughs) And, uh, as soon as they discover this island with Mount Baldy, Angelica comes out of the bushes. Yes! (laughs) Treasure, eh? I wonder what kind of treasure those babies have. Well, whatever it is, pretty soon it's gonna be mine! She hasn't been in the episode at all. No. <laughs> she just comes out of the bushes to wreck things. So good. It's That's just... how she spends most of her days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's better than in the new show where she just like, go, comes over and then goes upstairs and then you don't see her again. <laughs> at least as far as I can remember. So she wants the treasure. Um, so basically she wants the babies to find the treasure so she can take it.
1: That sounds like a good plan. Like, that's a lot easier than finding the treasure.
0: Yeah. And she's she's like a, an admiral in the Spanish.
1: <laughs> the spinach. The spinach navy. navy. Admiral Angelico. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the cave in the little pale. Uh, Tommy sees bats, but two little flies fly out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's nice a nice touch. little moment.
1: So, yeah, the thing they were looking for was right where they started. The X is, like, right behind Grandpa's chair in the sandbox. It's just like a little, uh, well, we'll come to at the end what's in it or what we
0: think is in it, but it's like an old shoebox that says like go, go gal or something like that. (laughs) Um, We'll talk about what's in it at the end. I, it would be remiss of me not to mention the pirate theme.
1: Oh. Oh yeah. Really, really, really good. And I I completely forgot to mention, since this is season two, um, Mark Mothersbaugh has a uh, co-composer, Dennis Hannigan. That's the other name. I think it, yeah, Dennis M. Hannigan. Um, And so the music is a little more fleshed out. It's a little more constant and thematic, too.
0: Yeah, okay. it, it, it's, it seems like he kind of maybe reigns in some of the crazier impulses of Mark Mothersbaugh, which is someone who loves... Season, it's good music, don't get me wrong, but for, for someone who loves the total bizarreness of season one music...
1: Yeah, I, I do have a preference for that, but I'm not going to complain whenever, you know... Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's still great, don't get us wrong. It's
1: really good. It's like when you expected somebody to just hand you a $1,000 and they hand you, like, for (laughs) nothing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Still good. (laughs) We'll accept. Um, Oh, there's a great little
0: moment where Chucky's like,
1: I think I got sand in my shoes.
0: And just like dumps out a huge mound of
1: sand. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Nice little visual touch.
1: And uh, as they're digging for their treasure, (laughs) I think they're, is that it? No, that's cat poop. Keep digging. And Phil looks like extremely excited
0: about it, of course. Because Phil and Lil are still disgusting in the original series, but not to the degree
1: of the uh reboot. Is this the first mention of poop in the series? Um, I think he might be right. I mean, I get I uh, there might I, be indirect reference to is references to it before, but
0: Yeah, like getting a new diaper or <laughs> that kind of thing, but I don't think they ever say poop until this episode. And I'm a big fan s- of poop. <laughs> So they discover the poop as they're digging for the treasure, and we get a sea battle between Tommy's crew and Angelica.
1: I think what she's actually doing is throwing volleyballs. I think it's a beach ball. A beach ball, yeah, I you're, right. But, um, you're right. think. But, um, yeah. So, um, and she
0: eventually bores them. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they hammer the joke home, too. Uh, Angelica's like, to be bored! And then Phil's like, oh.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's hammering the joke home, but it's, like, also kind of subtle, like, uh, they're not, like, saying it in a particularly, uh, I don't know, in a particular way, like, uh, I think a lot of shows now, especially kids shows, like, whenever somebody's doing a joke, they're like, huh, huh, get eh, it?
0: Eh, huh? Eh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, get the thing that we just mm-hmm. did? Yeah, exactly. A pair of paros,
1: huh, <laughs> huh, Oh my
0: god. Fuck the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Except hippie
1: grandpa and Graham. I brought Matthew to the dark side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, if we review any other ones, maybe hopefully it gets better. But uh, yeah. I, I expect nothing. A great line from Tommy in in the uh, mispronouncing of pirate lines is, slobs! <laughs> <laughs> I, appro- I, I approve of the uh, use of, use, the use of slob or slobs in a sentence at any time. It's a great word. It's a very funny word.
1: Yeah. Slob. I'm a slob. <laughs> it's good to be a slob. A slob and a slob. <laughs> During all this, Chucky's getting seasick because his imagination is too much for him. I mean, he shouldn't have had that 2nd helping of strange squash. <laughs> no, he should not have. <laughs> too bitch, food. I think
0: this is also... The beginning of we've mentioned in season one episodes, Tommy being brave, but I think this is the first episode where the justice side of Tommy is out there, even though they're pirates and really the pirates are the bad guys. But
1: yeah, they can't have Angelica stealing their treasure that they rightfully dug up.
0: Yeah. So eventually Angelica takes control of the ship and she's about to execute Tommy by dumping him into the ocean with sharks. And Tommy gives a brave speech, which, again, brave Tommy, the beginning of this. I think I'm gonna be sick. Farewell, my brave crew. Wherever you may row, do not forget the memory of your brave captain. And Chucky, we get the line. Now I know I'm gonna
1: be sick. Yeah, Chucky can't stand Tommy when he's like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even though he's the bravest baby that Phil and the Lever sawed.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Chucky's like, uh, yeah, I know what happens when he gets brave. I get my head stuck in a tree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> almost
1: mauled by a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hit my head on a fence post. <laughs> <laughs> Clonk. Get stuck in a mattress.
0: <laughs> the things that happen to Chucky. He almost gets eaten by a moose. He gets stuck
1: in a mud pit. If Tommy was more like Stu, they might just go to, like, the toy store.
0: <laughs> it's only because Tommy doesn't have a driver's license yet, but, uh, Didi manages to stop, uh, Angelica from throwing Tommy to the sh- to the sharks, aka into the kiddie pool. Angelica! Uh-oh.
1: What do you think you're doing, young lady? But, Aunt Didi, I didn't do anything.
0: They were pirates. They had a treasure. They well you can just help swab the decks inside the house
1: for a while young lady i was gonna say drowning him in the kitchen
0: (laughs) (laughs) and babies have been known to do that
1: she's gonna go clean the house because she almost drowned her little cousin
0: (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a uh a a viable punishment worthy of the crime or possible crime
1: we finally see their uh their little dash of treasure <laughs> which which
0: has been the way it's drawn is designed to make it look like it's something more than what it is but from what i can see the main obvious thing is the stick because it is actually just a stick they don't add any like neon colors or anything but from the way i see it there's like a lego a six-sided die a comb and what looks like
1: poop <laughs> 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 It looks like one of those, like, AI-generated images where they're like, can you identify anything in this picture? (laughs) It's like what you use
0: for, like, two-factor authentication. (laughs) Find the poop in this box. (laughs) Man, I would enjoy those so much more if you had to identify poop and not just, like, how many vans are in these
1: pictures. A program cannot identify poop. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you stop them. <laughs> That's how you bring down Skynet. <laughs> uh, with
0: poop. Just fling shit yeah. at them.
1: They have to identify it before they can shoot their guns.
0: <laughs> uh but that brings us to the end of our episode with the kids being amazed at this garbage in this uh in this Go Go Gal shoebox.
1: Solid first two season two segments. Yeah, they're solid. But like we said before, they get better than this. Yeah, definitely. But I mean Oh, so much more fun that I had in this. And you were right, he was Reptar as well, Michael Bell. Okay, I
0: thought so. He's got that hero voice.
1: Yeah, he was all the heroes, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in go every watch... show ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, go watch those old 70s cartoons yeah. where he's like, I don't know, the wo- a Wonder Twin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Plastic Man, Duke, whatever fucking Smurf. <laughs> all
1: Like three Smurfs, like, I think. Like three Smurfs. And Johan, I think. Oh, I don't the, even know. The human that hangs out with the Smurfs, <laughs> but doesn't try to eat them like Gargamel. Gargamel tries to turn them into gold, but I think sometimes he also wants to eat them. I don't remember. It
0: just depends on uh, the convenience of need for plot for the <laughs> for that particular episode. One spoonful of this
1: should be enough to wipe out the entire Smurf population. me. I know he made Smurfette so that uh, so that the Smurfs would finally have <laughs> <laughs> something, somebody, somebody to meet with who isn't one of the other Smurfs. How
0: many Smurfs do you think he's managed to eat? <laughs> <laughs> He has to provide... He makes the female to make sure they're breeding, so there's future Smurfs <laughs> to eat.
1: He just... They don't know about sexual reproduction, so he just takes all their babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes Gargamel to take another one of those little screaming
0: <laughs> You know, it's... On this show, normally we talk about cannibalism, but I don't think eating a Smurf is considered cannibalism. <laughs> no.
1: Are they people? <laughs>
0: The civil rights question of our age
1: are Smurfs people. I mean, they're sentient, but they all like really have like one personality (laughs) trait. Thank you, Papa Smurf. I hate being happy.
0: What a lot more fun this was
1: than just doing
0: the commentary over those shitty episodes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think, and I don't want to do this, but do you think if we did like the normal shorts as a commentary? It probably would still turn out better, right? I mean, we'd have a lot more to say. Or we might just be quiet because we're watching it and enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually though, I was kind of watching the episodes as we were going this time. So yeah. I Mastily
0: guess in a way superior. they are
1: commentary, but we're not restricted to the uh the time of the episode as much. Yeah.
0: But but yeah, this is the the beginning of uh, where season two will go. We get a nice little transition. And there are some other episodes that are like this, like uh, one of my favorites is the swimming pool episode. So do you have any other thoughts on these uh, two segments, sir?
1: They are uh, a slight step down from season one, but great things will come in season two. Some of my favorite episodes are still to come. Yeah, so many good ones.
0: I still I still play season one at the top of the pedestal, but uh, season two and three eventually win me over.
1: Yeah. So,
0: yeah, two great segments for season two. um, And we'll be back next week with the next two. What are those?
1: Chucky versus the potty, (laughs) which is a great one. And together at last, uh, which is the one where Phil and Lil get separated for a little bit.
0: And that's another episode where the uh the babies end up going through yards to other houses. Yeah. Am I am I crazy for thinking there's a line in there where they say doesn't that fence go to where the big mean monster dog lives? Yeah, I think so, but <laughs> then they say the
1: other side or something.
0: <laughs> so we at least get a reference to the disgusting dog in season 2.
1: They were cowards. They never <laughs> put him in that short about Tommy's ball. <laughs> no. <laughs> The prospect of the babies being mauled by a big evil dog was just too much for them. And we are talking
0: about the reboot show. We can talk about Grandpa potentially being on mushrooms, but we can't have the disgusting dog. Yeah. I like how after doing one week of commentaries, we're just shitting on that and just like, ah, it's great to be back to a good show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Back to doing what we love.
0: Back to doing what we love, watching a children's cartoon from the early 90s when it was good. So yeah, but as usual, we will be back with a new episode next Sunday at seven PM at LostControlPod.com. We really, really appreciate you tuning in, and we will see you then. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Oh yeah, the end.
0: Like what you heard. Tune in Sundays at 7 p.m. to all of your favorite podcasting platforms or go to LostControlPod.com for new episodes of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. You can also email us at LostControlPod at gmail.com. That's LostControlPod at gmail.com.
1: Tell us we're cool. Yeah,
0: tell us we're cool and then give us your money.